Hello, everybody. Welcome to Guys 5 Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pellicone. You are listening to episode 185, and tonight we are covering one of our return slot movies, and we're focusing on Superman from 1978. This is its 35th anniversary of being released. Uh, it has 94% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes, 86% from audiences still. It is directed by Richard Donner. Credited writers are Mario Puzo, David and Leslie Newman, Robert Ben. It had almost the entire script rewritten by Tom Mankiewicz, um, but he is uncredited other than a creative consultant. Uh, it stars Christopher Reeve as Clark Kent and Superman, Margot Kidder as Lois Lane, Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor, Ned Beatty as Otis, Valerie Perrine as Miss Tessmacher, Jackie Cooper as Perry White and Marlon Brando as Jarrell. Um, so Frank, how long had it been since you had seen this um prior to this watching? What do you think? Huh. Uh I believe I watched this in high school last. Mm-hmm. So it might be mm, say twenty almost 30 years maybe yeah yeah possibly yeah as i was high school as well i think yeah i haven't seen it since i feel like i watched the first two back to back one summer and that might have been like my junior or senior year so i think it's been yeah. about that long yeah it's it's 2025 20, somewhere in there for me um absolutely uh did you like this as a kid yeah i love superman as a kid um we talked about this off air a little bit and this is a little bit of a spoiler, but um I forgot that Superman one and two were actually two separate movies. Um so I was waiting for the Superman two things to happen and then realized that there was an entirely separate movie. Um so I was a little disappointed. Yeah, that's gotta but, be um, really disappointing. <laughs> Superman was one of my favorite superheroes as a, a small child. Mm-hmm. Um I kind of lost my love for Superman in my preteen years when i really got into like x-men and stuff mm-hmm. um but early on it was uh i was all about superman and batman yeah so i definitely like loved watching i mean i saw super i saw this in the theater as a kid which i don't know how the f i sat through it but um <laughs> i did it so you would have been very young right no because remember they used to re-release stuff all the time so gotcha. i think okay i believe i saw this at like a revival like a summer revival or something in the early 80s okay 82 maybe or something like that yeah 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 because there's prints like you know i guess like they would just get passed around and stuff like that too like so it was also on tv like all the time for yes a while. yes um what did i read was that like early turner or something like that like tbs or something to paid for it maybe or something like that i can't remember but yeah it was always on television in that extended cut form that they eventually did yeah, it was one of those things where in the early days of us having like a VCR, um, my parents recorded Superman for me. So I was probably seven, maybe six. Um, and I watched it like pretty frequently um, as a kid. Yeah. Um, maybe I saw two in the theater. That might be what it was. Yeah, that would be real. Because what was that like? I can't remember now. Um, I mean, I'd imagine that it was... I have this really strong memory of going to see it in the theater and buying um, Mego made 
three inch tall superhero figures mm-hmm. um that were kind of like a supplement of their like 12 inch on if you're familiar with migos um the toy company um but they did 12 inch like arctic like kind of like barbie style figures I'm friends with you with and clothes. I, I'm, I'm familiar with them yeah. um but anyway so migo at the time made a three inch tall line mm-hmm. um it was superman batman spider-man robin the hulk because they had the um rights to both marvel and dc um so i have a really good memory of seeing superman 2 and going and buying um mm-hmm. superman and some of the other superhero figures nice uh yeah that would have been 80 so yeah um I think I saw it in like eighty one. I'm sure. Yeah, I, so, sure. one of those things where it was probably like in the theaters for a lot longer. Right. Right. Um. So before we get into actually talking about the movie and our thoughts on it, um, I think this is a movie that is uh, so legendary in terms of its production and pre-production um, that it warrants some conversation. Um. So, are you pretty familiar? I'm assuming with the production of this movie like you know like all like the crazy shit that goes on like to get this movie made from like 1972 like largely to 78 when donner takes it over no no i know a little bit about like the i can't remember what their name is the, the couple yeah the salkins that were yeah. um producing it yeah the father and son duo yeah i mean i they... know there was a lot of people attached to it before um donner eventually became I read yeah. about somebody that was super impressive, or like that would have been, I think, really interesting to see. Yeah, um, at, at different points, like names like Coppola, Friedkin, um, Richard Lester, um, who ended up eventually coming in for Superman two, um, to finish that off. Uh, Peter Yates, um, Peck and Paul, like they were all like you know in negotiations at different points. Um, the name that really ends up like was actually directing it at one point uh was uh, what's his name um guy hamilton sorry yeah um the director and <laughs> they were going to they were going to film stuff in italy with brando and brando couldn't go to italy because he still had like indecency charges against him for last tango mm-hmm. in paris yeah. and so they were going to move to film in england and um hamilton uh had tax like evasion shit against him and couldn't film in england so that is how uh donner eventually ends up getting um the job for one million to direct both of them at the time um while brando ends up getting like i think like three million or some shit like to <clears throat> that little piece that he yeah, has 15 minutes of screen time uh so yeah um but yeah, they and, and then like you know, then the production elements they had the, those producers um, have yeah a lot of problems. Them and Donner have a lot of problems with each other um, during that time. Well, to the point where that's why Donner kind of just quits, right? With like seventy five percent of the second movie finished, it is. He was afraid he was going to physically attack them, like the son specifically. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it was it was a really problematic thing. The casting of everybody was really problematic. Um, Brando was being Brando um, about the whole thing. Like, um, it's, it's it, I know it's like I, I had heard it before. This like a legendary story about how like a uh, Brando like initially pitched uh, he wanted Jarrell to be a bagel, um, 
Um, <laughs> um, I'm assuming probably so he could just phone in a voice. Um, and then when he was on set, he was being Brando, refused to learn his lines, had to have like cue cards that he would read off of, like, you know, and like look at like off camera. Um, so yeah, he was being a mess here. Like the casting of Superman himself was a mess. Uh, the names that get like thrown out of people that were under consideration at different points is like a who's who of the seventies. Um, uh, what Redford, uh, James Con Pacino, Muhammad Ali, oddly, um, <laughs> Steve McQueen, Clint Eastwood, um, Dustin Hoffman, Robert Redford, um. I can't remember who else. It feels like there was a couple more um, that I'm forgetting in there. But um, the only one look-wise that I could even see close to happening, like being okay for all that, was was probably Redford out of the list that I saw. Um, he's got the, like, a 70s Redford, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, you dye his hair black. He's got the jaw, like, you know, I mean, I... Uh, I think he's got the down home kind of like, you know, nature to him. Like he, he could have done it. I don't know if it would have been as good or successful um, as a portrayal, but um, I, I think he could have done it as the only name that I saw. Everybody else is kind of just like weird. and. But yeah, so that's, that's a whole process. Like, you know, there's like, you know, trying to find unknowns, like, you know, and it just goes around and around and around. Um, the script is a fucking mess. Um, Mario Puzo turns in for the two movies like a 550 page um, script for the first movie <laughs> as a shooting script um, like the producers even realize that's crazy like it, it requires rewrites and cutting down um, Donner brings in Mankiewicz when he takes it over and Mankiewicz claims that there's not a word of Puzo's in that entire script even though mm -hmm. Puzo gets a writing credit um, so yeah, really tortured production. Um, but I do think it gives, um, some background into, uh, what's going on here. And then, but I think really surprisingly how the movie turns out, considering all that, um, you normally, when you have tortured productions like that, it doesn't go as well, I think, as this does, but. I mean, um, a large part of that, I think comes from the fact that the Superman story is so, easy to tell maybe like mm -hmm. there's not a lot of complexity to that story it really is just like i don't think they had i'm not saying it's a bad script or anything although i think there's some silly things in it i think they just don't have to try as hard to sure you know if you're dedicated to the idea of just like filming that in the way that whatever like it was created to be filmed i think that's pretty easy probably to do it i mean that's where the the latter-day Superman movies kind of get bogged down, I think, because they try and everything's got to be all fucking grimdark in mm -hmm. the modern DC universe, so mm -hmm. it kind of just... You know, Superman's yeah. about, you know, like, hope and aspiration and whatever. Anyway, let's talk about the movie. Um, What things do you have... Pro like, so overall, you 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 like this movie just fine, right? Rewatching it again? sure Is that fair yeah it's, okay. yeah I, I i enjoyed it okay so um what let's start actually with like before we get into the positives what are some of the things that like you didn't really enjoy quite as much it's too long okay. um i think even in 1978 people understood the origin of superman 
and maybe even more so then. So I don't know that you need to spend 30 minutes from Superman as a child to Superman going to Metropolis. You know what I mean? Or yeah, however long and almost 15 is. of that is on Jarrell. Um I super, I love the stuff at the beginning, like on Krypton, especially setting up the Phantom Zone and Jor-El is like this almost like unbending arbiter of like justice that ends up like bending his knee just to save his kid. Like, I think all that stuff is hmm. interesting. I, I actually think it really sets up Superman's decision at the end of the movie really well in the fact that Jor-El, even though he's like, you know, you can't interfere in human um human events like 100 percent interfered in kryptonian events to save his own kid by like you know um lying through a mission in a lot of ways to like whatever that mm-hmm. the kryptonian council so i think that first part is like like father like son right right well exactly i think <laughs> that's right. important right. I, th- I think right. i think it's really i love the idea that superman you know kal-el is not only influenced by his Kryptonian father, but his Earth father, mm-hmm. and that they both kind of push him to do the right thing in a lot of ways. Even though he doesn't know that he's doing like what his Kryptonian father did, he still is kind of following in his footsteps in that way of like meddling to save someone that he loves because that's the right thing to do. Um, yeah, I, I think it makes a lot more sense when you pair this movie with two knowing right. that they filmed them back to back kind of and and um and you established the villains of two in the beginning along with the whole story of Jarrell, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think as a movie unto itself to some degree, it feels like there's a little bit of wasted time in there. And I think there is some scene chewing from Brando. I actually wish I would have seen Pa Kent more, like Pa Mom Kent, honestly. I think I disagree I think we disagree on that aspect of where that go a little bit i i wish i would have seen a little bit like five more minutes of them and five less minutes of brando to me like well it's just because you got to justify that brando's salary sure sure yeah agreed but i mean you know him looking like tense and reflective i think that's you know what they were paying for yeah i so, i would take out like everything with his interactions with his schoolmates like i think yes. that's agreed the part that like Agreed. you could i mean i'm not saying that the mom and stuff is bad but you definitely don't need like oh the clerk's a weirdo Ooh. yeah i mean you like all need, those like, scenes. you know the Delana stuff and like yeah right and then you could have had the train thing when he's racing the train as part of him just going home sure so see his parents or whatever like there's there's still ways you could work that in yeah i agree i don't think that's like necessarily useful either um, especially because ultimately it doesn't matter because he never lords it over humans you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. like the whole thing is that i mean i guess the purpose is saying that well here's the moment where superman could have actually become sort of a bad guy and wanted to like show off to humans and his human dad like kind of convinced him but still i would ever like you yeah. get that without even that happening yeah. i think and it's just unnecessary yeah, I, I think the beginning, the very beginning is the thing that, like, is, is probably my biggest complaint of, like, where they spend some of that time. Um, because it does take a while before you get to Reeve as Superman, and I don't know if you need to spend that much time getting there. Um, 
and I think that's probably like my biggest complaint about this. Like I, th- I had this feeling that if you started pulling at threads of things, this, you could have, we could quickly go down a route where you could unravel this movie and talk about like a lot of like stupid, awful things in it. Sure. Um, but having just like not seen it for so long and sitting down and just watching it, um, Overall, I thought it was it was very enjoyable, and 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 um, you know, hold your hat. Like it might be nostalgia on my part <laughs> to some degree of mm. like watching it. Um, I don't believe it. <laughs> um, that I can forgive some of its um, you know, some of the things that aren't like don't quite hold up as much. Yeah, but um, I mean, I I, I think it's got a nice like warm nostalgic glow to it when you watch it. Yeah. Yeah, and there's something very, you know, comfortable or romantic almost to the scenes of him flying and mm-hmm. um the other thing too and this you're asking me like things that bother me. Mm-hmm. It's actually an interesting setup in terms of like what Luther is trying to do and because they've dragged out everything else in the first part of the movie so long yeah. They have to rush through Superman defeating Luther to the, it's mm-hmm. almost feels like incomplete like yes. the ending of that movie where Agreed. it's just kind of like yeah. They don't even necessarily I, I don't feel like okay, so one of the things that I don't know if you had these as as a kid, one of the things that I had as a kid was I always had the storybook to go with the movie. So mm-hmm. I had the picture yeah. book that had like mm-hmm. the narrative account of what was happening. So I knew as a child that Superman was flying backwards around the earth to reverse time because they explain it like really like deeply in this book I had. Mm-hmm. But watching this movie, like even though I think I'm supposed to know this what happening, I don't know if a hundred percent because they don't show him go back and like Yes. derail the other two missiles after he like spends six minutes flying backwards around the earth right they just you're just assuming that they, that he did it but he did it in a more efficient way this time because he knew mm-hmm. so he could go and save lois and i i think that that stuff is really rushed um especially because i really think that uh when i was in you asked me this and this is getting off topic of like what i don't like but you asked me you know what i thought about it and i told you that the scene of Lois getting buried alive is one of the most traumatic scenes of like my childhood, like watching Mm -hmm. her, like having like rock and dirt, like pour into that car and like cover her face and stuff. Like, Oh my God, like it was awful for me as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think all that stuff is really rushed. And I think him taking Luther to jail is pretty rushed. Um, I wish there was more stuff with, um, what's her name? Uh, Miss whatever Tessmacher, yeah, Miss Tessmacher. Um, because I really like that character a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just I, I think you're still seeing the excess of the director-led film that kind of like dies off over the next few years after this to become like again more like studio productions. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so. What movie was that again? That you like see as the tipping point? Uh, oh, 
is it that movie i watched for the spin chagrin um it's the days gate, of heaven yeah gate, gates of heaven's heaven, gate heaven's gate that's what it is yep yeah um the deer yeah, i think guy. right yeah, yeah yeah that's 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 the movie that i feel like really yeah. right yeah that makes sense I that think if sense. Superman comes out three years later, Superman's an hour and 50 minutes long. Right. And is much more action-oriented than what you get here of this, like, mystical musing on what makes someone a human. I, whatever. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of things that happen in this movie that Donner is obviously making artistic statements um mm-hmm. anyway so so i i think th- yeah i don't think i have a lot more i like i said i could pull out a lot of things but um i think the thing that like to me i know you have a couple things that you think are like key to this movie like being successful and working I think the thing that like i take away from this is how good christopher reeve is in this role mm-hmm. Like, like you think about like how many Supermans you've had since then. Like, and I'm not just talking about theatrical; I'm talking about television as well. But you've had a number of Supermans, yeah, like, since then. And I think that for most people, Christopher Reeve is still Superman. Um, and I don't think it has to do with like you know the tragic accident that happened or anything like that. I think it has to do with the fact that he embodies like what people imagine as Superman in a lot of ways. And I think it's because he just, I don't know how you can have that old timey, like, you know, because it's not even real. It's a fantasy version of like this fifties, forties, fifties, forthrightness and steadfastness. Like, you know, that, 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 that kind of dialogue didn't really, I don't think exist. It existed in comics. Um, but how you can have an actor who is able to actually portray that and and put that out there and make it seem like it's legitimate like it's real and make him both in like the Clark Kent and his bumbling charming and his superman extremely charming and take that character um and and make it real I don't think anybody's done it as well since. Um, and it was just a reminder to me of that having not seen it for so long, how good and perfect he really was for this role um, and how much he nailed it. So counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Christopher Reeve is the perfect golden and silver age Superman comp. Like, I think mm-hmm. that this is. He, he encapsulates what that character was up to like the early eighties. But to me, I really think that Henry Cavill is the best Superman for the modern Superman, like Superman posts, like, I don't know, like John Byrne, Superman, like mid eighties. Um, I, I like Cavill a lot as Superman. I think that those movies are not great, but to me, like he really, encapsulates like what that character is and i think he does a good job with it and i wish that he would have had a better director right um maybe that would make a difference for me but um but yeah and i think that's i think that's what i'm referring to as those old comics it has to be like henry christopher reeve is not a superman that could fight brainiac or 
I don't know, like Doomsday or like uh, the stuff that was like the late mid to late eighties and like through the nineties, like the Superman had to. Because the problem is, is that Henry Cavill isn't falling prey to Lex Luthor having a chain of kryptonite in a box. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's like the aw shucks, like corn fed, wholesome Superman that lead that like is the formative years of superman like the golden and silver age comics mm-hmm. like that superman doesn't exist in the bronze age because it's too boring of a character to tell like i would have loved to have seen though like them over the course of the films take the reeve superman and mature him and put odds against him because i mean one of the things you people have criticized about this and i understand where they're coming from is kind of like the nerfing of lex luther a little bit in the terms of like making it more more comedic um and not making him as much of a threat and i think that's one of those things those threads you could pull at if i really wanted to i Um, mean so but but i'm saying it's like i think the villain here matches this version of superman um, to some degree of where he's at in his development or like how he's written or that, you know, whatever that golden age sense, I would have loved to see this character progress at some point in a third or a fourth movie to deal with much more legitimate threats and then see how Reeve portrays that character as he has to face real adversity. Cause this is like kind of like child's play ultimately for him. Oh, I mean, I actually was surprised at how, villainous this luther was because i don't remember it like that like i don't remember i mean okay. legitimately lex luther is tell me and i like this whole thing so i'm like i was saying so tell me what you like about luther i, I mean this luther is like he's narcissistic in the sense that he thinks that he's like the smartest man <laughs> sure alive but this isn't like I mean, he's just at heart, like, just a callous, like, opportunist. Like, he's using Superman's good nature to put himself in a position to make a shitload of money. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, billions of dollars. But there's also this really intense, like, callousness to that where he's more than happy to let millions of people die in order to achieve that. Sure. Like, he's not a cartoon villain in that sense. He's very much a almost like a comp to um you know probably like the fears of the cold war at the time in a lot of ways like mm-hmm. the nuclear annihilation that's possible at the push of a button because some madman decides that you know he can't let his ego whatever um i don't know i just i i really found it to be an interesting character and a lot different than i remembered it hmm. um from when i was a kid um I think that, I mean, the problem is that Zod and Nan and um, whatever her name is, yeah, um, the Kryptonians are much better villains in the second movie. Right. And that's what I really remember. But I think that's why I didn't remember Luther as much because cause they do sort of make him a joke at the end because he pulls off his wig and he's bald underneath and he got... Right, you know, shaking Ned, his, Ned, taking his fist at the world. Like, yeah, I mean... Yeah, Ned, Ned Beatty being a goober right. and... 
Right. They're basically <laughs> I, look, and I still think it's funny. Don't get me wrong. Like I laugh at the Ned Beatty shit. Like Sleuthor. <laughs> but I think that the idea that he succeeds at like almost ending life in America as we know it, and is only undone by his inability to recognize like human compassion and love. Mm-hmm. You know that like he doesn't realize that threatening to kill you know, his henchman's mother is the thing that, like, is going to be his undoing, basically. Yeah, I don't I don't think tonally, and maybe, maybe maybe that's what works for you, I don't think tonally that matches the way that they portray it. Like, I, I agree with you that the plot itself is uh, sociopathic and, like, horrifying. Um, I don't know if the tone of those scenes necessarily matches... The plot that goes with it, kind of. Um, they they do make this like the Luther stuff a little bit more comedic in almost every single scene. There's like, and like his even his narcissism is punchlines a lot of times. Um, and so I let me ask you, let me ask you this then, not to cut you off, huh? but yeah. don't. I mean, part of that I think is because even though you're making this a movie that appeals to adults, you're still making a movie about a comic book that is going to appeal to children. Sure. So you can't have Lex Luthor be like an absolute like psychopath, or I think that I don't think you need to make him a psychopath. I just think that like there could have been a more gradual change um, in Luther of being more kind of menacing at some point. Yeah. Um, uh, I to me, I sort of feel like that change is there. Like he goes from being a I don't know, like almost like a charming. I, like I, you know what what the performance reminds me of, and I'm I'm just thinking of this now, so it might not be like a fully formed idea. But I want to see if it's the same thing you I thought. Yeah, he reminds ahead. me of Ted Bundy in a lot oh. of ways, in the way oh, that okay. Hackman like plays that character, where he's got the smile and the charm and the wit, and hmm. there's like a meanness underneath it, but it still is maybe not appealing but not like immediately i don't know like grotesque and then like at his core he's you know a murderer and a right okay a psychopath and yeah. it's i, I it. think it's I, I don't know like how much i mean i guess bundy wouldn't even have been caught at this point right, right. so i mean that's just me like probably like yeah whatever but you know i mean hackman has that sort of like charm to him in that role yeah um so what else did you like about this i think it's probably next to star wars and indiana jones like one of the three best scores Mm -hmm. um maybe ever like it's immediately recognizable and it fills you with a sense of all the same guy too hilarious well right but i'm saying like it's it's oh yeah yeah like I, you think of like the Imperial March and I don't disagree the... with you. I'm just saying it's crazy that it's all the same guy. Yeah. Like you hear din 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 and like mm-hmm. immediately like you sure. have certain feelings. And I think you hear um dun dun dun. How, how does the Superman theme go? I always fuck it up because I always get it confused with like the Star Wars theme a little bit, but dun 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 dun. No, that's Indiana Jones. They all have a very similar like I don't know. If our friend Aiden listens to this, he'll like probably make fun of me. But they'll have a very similar like rising structure to them, where it's like very, you know, 
but superman feels like grand like when you listen to it like indiana jones right. is very like frantic and you know fast-paced and star wars has that like broad operatic but superman feels like almost um what's what's the word you fucking numinous right like there's a <laughs> a certain element of like almost like worship or yeah like all like, yeah yeah um so yeah i love the yeah. score yeah no it's amazing it's an amazing score it, i was i was talking about that the other night like when i first watched those I, I was telling my wife like you know that um it's crazy like how like it's exactly what you said. Like the top three scores, like like uh, like some of the top three scores of all time are all John Williams. It's it's amazing because like the main theme of Superman in this is like I like marked out like every single time like you got those elements of it um, in this movie. Like I was just like all happy um, watching it. Um, I love I love Krypton. I love the way Krypton looks. Hmm. Um. I think I'm a big sucker for the whole like retro future feel of science fiction in the seventies and eighties with um yeah, you are. Ridley Scott and Carpenter and mm -hmm. you know, basically like everything looking like this is how these people are envisioning that this is the future, right? But mm -hmm. the future is basically, you know, an Atari or a Apple two E like <laughs> monitor like right. making, like beeping noises where i think that it's brilliant to make the idea that it's crystals you know like it's this alien technology that they don't try and explain and they don't try to familiarize you with it's just you just understand that this is what you know jor-el is doing is he's like putting his memory and history into these like crystals and that's like what he sends away with superman mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and that's brilliant you know instead of and i look again i love like the sci-fi look of like the late 70s through the 80s um but i think that the crystals are especially like it's really poignant to me um and i think it's a really smart way to make it kind of timeless because right. it's such alien technology it's it's not a computer monitor which could be obsolete mm -hmm. at some point mm -hmm. it's something that they don't explain or you can't understand but you immediately understand it which I think True. is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and I like I like the costuming of it. I think those like super bright white um <laughs> costumes are amazing. Um, I love the fact that Jor El when he's in prosecutor mode is wearing that like black um with the silver like Superman logo, mm -hmm. and then when they're in like the peaceful mode, there he's they're wearing the white like all that right. stuff is just fucking yeah. fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um. That comes into play later too because I really like the the three um Kryptonian criminals. Like I love the way they look. Right. Um in the second movie. Um I think it's one of the cleanest costumes that absolutely looks like exactly what you picture in the comic book, mm -hmm. which I think is something that um comic book movies lost later in in time. Um, especially like the X-Men era, which is my least favorite era of comic book movies, where it's like hyper realistic, like, oh, this is something that this person could actually wear. But I'm not watching a superhero movie for that. You know, like I right. love the fact that Superman's wearing 
you know, like the exact right colors of the costume and yeah, the red like underoos over his like tights mm-hmm. and stuff like all that stuff is um is great. Um, but I love the Fortress of Solitude stuff. I really like the cinematography. I think is beautiful. Um, I really like the ensemble cast. Um, beyond how great you know, I think that um Hackman and and Rebar, I think Margot Kidder is fantastic in it. Um, you know, I like Nebadi a lot in it. <laughs> Margot Kidder especially. Is yeah, let's somebody... let, let me step back a couple of things here. Um. I one of the things that I think I was most worried about watching this again was the sets and the special effects, and I think one of the more pleasant. Thi- I mean, I I think I thought that I thought so. Always worry anymore with things like this about whether they can be problematic. So I want to pick up on two points you just brought up. Like one, I think the Fortress of Solitude looks amazing. I think the stuff on Krypton looks amazing. Like the only thing that's like a little weird is like. I think it's like the sun and stuff like that. It's like the the technology wasn't there for the sun, so it has that like weird kind of psychedelic two thousand and one yeah. type stuff. Which it looks I'm, like the black hole, basically. Yes, yes, it does, but only uh-huh. in that one sense. There, like right. I love the sets, I love the costuming, and I think it holds up, even though it's very much like Reagan. It looks to me like you know maybe that's because that's when I was a child, but it's like it looks like reagan 80s to me like when i like see those old ads and stuff like that from ronald reagan's like like that's what the streets look like and stuff like that to me um that's what i associated with um but i so it's it's very dated in that way but i think it takes great pains beyond the krypton stuff to try to not date this quite as much like obviously there's some technology stuff and that kind of stuff but i mean i think the way people are outfitted they're like obviously fashion trends change but i mean i think it's like in such like kind of a neutral way to not do anything too flashy a lot of times um like the hood looks like a hood that tries to rob him right like you know he could be from the 70s he could be from the 50s maybe like you know it 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 doesn't really matter like nothing stands out to where it's like that's from 1977 when this was being filmed um very few things stand out like that so i think it adds to this like timeless nature and I, I agree with that. Yeah. And I think that makes it less pro like if there anything could be problematic, and I would argue that it's not, I think it makes it less problematic. Um, because it makes it timeless as opposed to being of a time period. Um, so you talk about Margot Kidder, and that's the other thing I uh, last thing I kind of like really want to focus on and mention for myself is I think I was worried too beyond the special effects and the sets and like looking dated. I think I was worried about like how Lois Lane was portrayed a little bit. Um, and I was oddly surprised that there's not, I mean, she's a damsel. Sure. Like sure. But she takes care of herself. Oh I yeah. Mean, they established that right away. Um, she's no, she's no, like wilting flower or anything like that like she's um she's not a pushover um and oddly enough this is going to sound weird she's horny as fuck and like that's oh, not yeah. something you see like so much during that time period in something that's being released for kids um and i think it adds to the fact that it's like it's not a problem like you know right. I, and i and i remember brandy was listening listening to it doing something while i was watching it 
And at some point I said, like, I'm really like kind of like surprised. Like this isn't problematic. And she's like, Yeah, it's not bad at all. And I was like, Okay, I'm like I got got that approval, I guess. Like, um And yeah, well, I, I mean, was really surprised by it. Like I thought it was going to be like a much more um kind of negative like portrayal of women in some ways for some reason and not not a problem i thought i'm done yeah i felt um i felt the same way like there was nothing in it that made me grimace or feel uncomfortable necessarily i mean we talk about we talked about um something like i don't know 48 hours whatever a couple years ago Mm mm-hmm um, that's 100% like uncomfortable and even things like uh, like movies that are generally loved by our generation like 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 the Monster Squad is a good example which is like a children's movie that has like an adult themes to it mm-hmm. a lot of like insults and language in it that are just right. inappropriate for like how you know people are expected to talk today I think um, and Superman doesn't have that. Superman is at its core, even though you're right, like, you know, Lois has some um, very, like, randy intentions towards <laughs> Superman. Right. Um, and, uh, fuck, I can't remember the, whatever, the female henchman. Miss Easterling or whatever. Miss Tess Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you know, she basically, like, molests Superman. Yes. While he's still under the influence yes. of kryptonite, because <laughs> she would never get the chance otherwise, basically. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, but those things they don't even feel like problematic or uncomfortable. They're just, you know, I mean, right, I don't know, just right, fun, I guess. You know, I think that um, Jackie Cooper is great as Perry White. Mm-hmm. I think you know Ken is good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I I really want to watch Superman two now because that's yeah. the one that I genuinely like love. Sure, same. Um, and honestly, I really like Supergirl too, so I might watch Supergirl at some point. Um, even though I know that from what I have read in the interim, that movie is not very good. Um, <laughs> I me- I remember liking it as a child. I mean, a very small child. So like, probably when it first came out, like what what year was that? Eighty four? Is that maybe? Right? Yeah. Um, early 80s it was when i was uh, maybe earlier than that maybe 84 it's 84 yeah i got that leonard malden guide memory um of my misspent youth oh that's on max too okay um yeah i remember um living like in my the first house i ever lived in i remember like watching it on television um and really liking that movie a lot i used to watch it like all the time apparently oh fuck that's two and a half hours long jesus so yeah i was overall like i said you could get into like nitpicking stuff overall i was really pleasantly surprised with this movie and it was something i might have never watched again had i not seen that like it was like a 35th anniversary this year um and uh, i'm i'm glad i did like i i found it really enjoyable Uh, i uh i never would watch this movie again like 100 i can tell you yeah so one one thing i two things two really minor things that i just like jotted notes on but i do want to bring up 
I think it's really interesting for how advanced Krypton is, like, overall. How little his mother has to do with the decision to send him away. And how little she has to do with anything. I do think that's interesting. Um, how And they cast Susanna York in it. It's like, you're going to cast her and then, like, that's that's it? You get, like, you know, like, that one, like, little, like, 30-second scene? I thought that was weird. I did think that was odd. Two. Is it established ever that Clark Kent can just, like, with a snap of a finger, like, magically transform? Because he, the first time he changes, he goes through the revolving door very fast and comes out in the suit. And then it's, like, later in the movie, he's, like, jumps off a fucking building and, like, you know, just, like, with this, with us, like, magic, like, just changes. And, like, isn't the whole idea is, like, he's always, like, removing his clothes. He's just doing it, like, in something and he's, like, moving so fast that, like, people can't tell that he's removing, like, his Clark Kent outfit? Uh, it depends. Okay. Um, so, early Superman, yes. Well, it was just Superman's costume was underneath um, his regular clothes, and he could just do a thing where, like, he would move so fast that he could leave his regular clothes, like, neatly piled somewhere where mm-hmm. he could later, like, Spider-Man, kind of. Yeah. Um, I'm almost positive that there's some element of, like, alien technology later where he can just change the clothes into um being superman and mm-hmm. then even later like it didn't even matter because he just they kind of i wouldn't say abandon the clark kent thing but it's not nearly as big of a deal as it is here so yeah yeah i i just thought that was really weird to establish that and then immediately like reverse establishing what he's doing from well, the beginning of the movie yes but I think that's a nod to the um, what's his name, George Reeve or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, Superman, like the old Superman era with the and the older like action comics era with Superman like going into the phone booth to change, mm-hmm. um, in like a like a wink and a nod to the Superman fan basically. But then there's no real need for it. Like, it just makes more sense that, you know, like, he drops out of the window and can just, like, change into his costume or whatever. Right. I don't know. I don't really care about that too much, so. Yeah. It's, it doesn't bother me, I guess. It doesn't bother me. I, I, just, I just thought it was odd. Like, it was just, like, this, like, random little thing. It's like, what? Like, um, I'm glad you mentioned George Retrieve, though, because now I can tag him in our keywords and... um because he was in the Flash too, um, you know about all that shit. I don't care about that. I do know about it. I guess it's a little bit. <laughs> um, what's her name from um, the old Wonder Woman? Um, in it though, like that got cut. But you can put all the all the fucking Superman's going back to the forties in it. Um, here's here's what I think about that movie in particular. <laughs> Yeah. First of all, it's been two years since um, No Way Home came out, right? So, if you 
the crisis on infinite earths idea like the multiple universe thing is 100 percent a dc creation or original or they they really like captured the idea of like multiple different universes that contain elements of the same superheroes and the merging of those universes whatever and then marvel like whatever apes it with their whatever we're in like 616 is like the regular marvel universe and all that stuff but marvel has the com the sense to put those movies out first so the stupid flash movie just seems like a marvel ripoff even though it's not really and right none of those dc movies matter in terms of continuity so who fucking cares like who cares that it just seems like fan service that you got friggin michael keaton to be it batman again absolutely or, is yeah right um none of that stuff seems to matter because like who cares and nobody even went to see the flash anyway so bleh. trying to pop a rating that's a um which they didn't um i apologize if you can possibly hear fireworks going off in the background um I've been, trying, I've been trying to mute while you were talking um as they've been going off but um you know the fourth of july isn't enough for some of these people uh so you wanted to quickly talk a little bit um i think to wrap this up and bring it back around to production elements again frank you wanted to talk a little bit about like the mistreatment of donner in this and it's probably a good segue to like move into like the second movie at some point maybe <clears throat> Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about it other than it felt like similar to what a lot of other directors went through at the time, which was the producers getting a much stronger hand in the say of what was happening with the movies. And again, like I, you look at something like Heaven's Gate, which I think in a lot of ways really um, kind of pulled that final cut authority away from directors for a long time. Um. I don't know. I mean, it's well, a they, weird. They, you know, they had filmed like seventy five percent of it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of okay. The second, well, yeah, yeah. and we had talked about that uh, earlier tonight. Maybe I don't know. Okay. Everything blends together, but um, <laughs> the idea that I I think it's brilliant that they filmed, they had the foresight to film these movies like simultaneously. So I think there's a lot of what Donner kind of built that was adopted by like the Marvel cinematic universe in the sense of the continuity and the characters and building these things that you can watch them years apart and they still feel like they're a simultaneous production. Um, And I think the idea of like the way that the origin story is told, I think is, it's pretty brilliant you know i mean like it it allows for you to know the origin of superman and to tell it and move on from it and i think that that's something that the marvel universe has done Mm -hmm. a lot better than the dc universe um where we don't need to find out captain america's backstory like every time a captain america movie comes out whereas dc has continuously had to reboot their things um but i think there's a lot of template in donner's universe that yeah was pulled for the marvel universe but but i think that there's also a huge amount of antiquity kind of or i don't know like it 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 feels not 
super relevant anymore just because and i think that the marvel universe captures more of like that fun like i hate to use that word but of the superman universe like more of like the wonder kind of while still maintaining sort of an adult edge whereas like dc is firmly like embedded in the idea of being like super grim and whatever yeah yeah which i then the movies that aren't are the ones that i think succeed the most like the second suicide squad movie the harley quinn movie um the shazam movies Mm -hmm. like to me those are the better examples of like what the dc universe is and it's because they have a sense of humor to them yes um so yeah um i i see a lot of things in what donner's doing here that i think still gets used in the early days of marvel like some of those spider-man movies and stuff like that um i see who is that Raimi. um i see Raimi like using a lot of donner i think um and going back to him in terms of like when he does those spider-man movies like in terms of like trying to i guess mostly the first one probably um where he's trying to add that sense of fun and levity like to the characters and like even going back to like the little small crimes and stuff like that to establish the su- like the superhero like i see a lot of things that become tropes in this in this donner superman that like kind of like take place in origin stories for years um up until marvel starts um you know kind of changing everything like in the way things are done but um i think a lot of like just rant the random superhero movies that are done from this point on until marvel establishes this universe i think that you see a lot of tropes that get created here that are continued to be used in small and different and varied ways sure i mean i think it's it's super influential for that reason and yeah, I don't know. I mean, those early DC movies really do, because Marvel doesn't have a decent movie until... Oof. I guess that first Iron Man, maybe? Maybe that first Hulk? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, Blade is decent, but yeah. Right. Superman, the first Batman movie, like, they really like captured that feel and... um. But I guess it... Anyway. Yeah. All right. um, Any final thoughts on this front? No, I mean, it was an interesting thing. Like, when you suggested watching it, I had not ever thought of watching it again. So I was kind of curious. Um, It did make me want to watch the second one, so I'll give it that. Yeah. Um, I remember this movie really well, which was surprising to me. And I guess it's because of how much I watched it as a kid, but... Mm -hmm. For yeah, something I, I was that, surprised by how much I remembered, honestly. Yeah, yeah, something that's so old to like just kind of know it, like right yeah. off the bat, is um, is weird. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I told you this. Like when I suggested watching this to you, I was like, I thought it was an original idea, and then at some point I pulled up like our master sheet on my computer um in the past like week or so and looked at it and i had a i had written it down while you were in thailand the last time um to do to to do superman with a question mark next to it 
So I guess I forgot that I had had that thought and then had the thought independently again, or it was like buried somewhere when I asked you to do this. Um, so I guess it's been on my mind for a while, oddly. But um, yeah, I, but, uh, yeah, I thought I was like thinking of some new original thought, like oh, Superman's like you know like thirty fifth anniversary. I guess I already knew it. Um, <clears throat> but yes, I am also glad that I the the that i suggested this and um yeah i want to watch too as well um absolutely yeah all right well thanks for listening everybody we'll be back this month with um a fresh five from frank uh that runs from january through june of this year and then we will end the month with the top five horror movies of night or sorry 2006 so thanks for listening and have a good week deuces